There are some healthy debates out there about the Supreme Court's uh, handling of the 14th Amendment question yesterday. We played a few cuts from you that the justices appear to be looking for a way to put Mr. Trump back on the ballot, saying that the threat to democracy is that you've got uh, just the authority in very few hands. Uh, Bob, uh, Rob, rather, is calling in from Roseville with uh, another uh, legal question about this. Hi, Rob. Hey, how you doing? Um, I know everybody wants to focus in like a laser beam on Section 3, which kind of describes it. The problem they're not looking at is in Section 5, the last section of the 14th Amendment, it says these things are, can only be enforced by the Congress of the United States and laws that they passed, and they have never passed any laws regarding Section 3. Actually, there was there was something that was passed in the 40s um, regarding insurrection. And I I, forgive me for not being able to quote it. But the other part is, Rob, what about those that say that most of the 14th Amendment is self-executing and therefore Section 3 is, too, that you don't need a a separate action? Except that they wrote Section 5. And the other problem you have is it would require somebody to be convicted of because you have to have a clear say that this person actually committed insurrection and anybody who would argue that there was any insurrection that occurred on January 6th has never been in a riot. (laughs) Didn't they disqualify Jefferson Davis though and he wasn't convicted? No, I don't think they ever disqualified him. I don't think he ever tried to run for president. Rob, they've disqualified people for writing letters to the editor that were in support of the Confederacy. Well, Where there they, were no what they did was they, they refused to support them, but that I don't think they ever legally disqualified them. They made a, they might have put out and said, we don't want him because he's he's too close to an insurrectionist. Yeah, but yeah I, I would I would check the original problem. Colorado case because there was a historian that was part of that that brought that case in that it doesn't have to be actual um active involvement in the so-called insurrection. You know, it is a compelling legal argument whether Section 5 is an overarching uh, influencer yeah. here. And we appreciate we'll your call. wait and see what the Supremes come up with. Yeah, in, indeed. And they're on a quick timeline. Meanwhile, the Biden administration is facing increasing backlash from Arab Americans who say he's turned his back on them due to the administration's support of Israel and its war on Hamas, in which thousands of civilians have died in Gaza. WJR senior news analyst Marie Osborne is here. She has more on that meeting that took place yesterday between Biden administration officials and Arab American leaders in Dearborn. Good morning, Marie. And good morning, everybody. First, let's tell you who was at this meeting at the Henry. Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan, State Representative Abraham Aish, also Dearborn Mayor Abdul Hamoud, Deputy Wayne County Executive Assad Turf, and American Arab News Publisher Osama Simblani. Also from the Biden administration, there was Samantha Power, John Finer, and Stephen Benjamin. They are in, deeply involved in this issue. The meeting started Thursday morning, lasted several hours. The White House has not commented on what was said during the meeting other than to say it was private. Osama Siblani told WDIV that he presented a letter to the group demanding an immediate ceasefire and a release of hostages, he says, on both sides. Representative Aish says, uh, described the conversations as intense but direct. No one gave any specific details on what was discussed, but it is landmark that this 
meeting even took place. And all of you guys know that Michigan holds the largest concentration of Arab Americans in the country, more than 310,000 residents from the Middle East or North Africa are in this area. Nearly half of Dearborn's uh, 110 residents claim Arab ancestry. So this was an important meeting uh, to smooth over some very uh, sore feelings on this topic. But they have the Biden administration, Marie, between a rock and a hard place because they're demanding nothing less than cutting Israel loose financially. Absolutely. That is um, uh, that is certainly what Osama Sablani said. They have spoken about this before. Other Arab leaders have spoken on this. And I think that's one of the reasons why they were very tight-lipped about what happened in this meeting, because we know that if some sort of agreement had been reached or some sort of uh, amicable uh thing had been reached we would have heard about it they kept everything to themselves here mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh, they they didn't get any commitments they were able to voice their opinions but really no commitments from the administration nope you are absolutely right they are there's no commitment here and like i said i think we would have heard if they had reached any mutual ground and that is not the case about what happened here uh also this is the second time that um the representatives of the White House have been to the area to talk to Arab leaders. This one was made very public in terms of the meeting actually taking place. But I have a feeling that this may happen again in, in the coming months. I wonder, the American president can't just call for a ceasefire and then there'll be a ceasefire. I mean, Benjamin right. Netanyahu is the decider here. So sometimes I think maybe there's too much uh, on just Biden could decide this all, Right. That is absolutely right. Um, But I think that the feeling among uh, the Arab American community here is that the funding that is going to Israel. Now, the president does have some control over that. And so they're they're just saying they need to be cut off. They're they're literally attacking, according to, you know, them, they're attacking their uh, their country and they they just want it to stop. And it's interesting, Understood. you kind of ask him, you know, do you think that, that, that Donald Trump would offer you a better alternative? He, um, I mean, he moved our embassy to Jerusalem. He has been very supportive of Israel. And the other thing here, too, is do they give the Biden administration no credit for Secretary Blinken's uh, shuttle diplomacy here to try to bring about a ceasefire, more aid to Gaza, greater relief for for the, uh, the, the those trapped in mm-hmm. Gaza, I mean, it's not like that the Biden administration has been sitting on its hands. Mm-hmm. You, it's so true, Guy, because um, Antony Blinken has been back and forth several times, and he has been very clear that they want to reach some kind of mutual agreement here, working very hard on on this point. And uh, what it, it's almost like, what more, what more can we do if the parties who are involved are not cooperating? Yeah. There's so, a lot of right, back-channel talks going yeah. on. Yes. Yeah, but I really do think it goes back to this funding of uh, Israel. I think that this is the sorest spot for for these Arab American leaders here. Mm, got yeah. it. And more relief for Gaza and the United yeah. Nations relief group there that's been uh, so controversial. Marie, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Tom Izzo, next on JR Morning.